All right, and welcome to the action shooting. Uh, tonight I'm with Mike Ford and Rebke, and we are going to be doing a intro to run and gun episode. We're gonna we've been running a little long on these. We're gonna try to keep it in around the uh, 30 to 45 minute mark. So we're just gonna jump right into this. So starting off, what what is a run and gun? I know you want to take that, Mike. Yeah, so running gun or center fire biathlon tends to be a cross country, either 5K, 10K, some of them 15 or 20. And uh, you'll take your center fire rifle, center fire pistol, or your rim fire equivalents and run cross country shooting stages along, along the way. That's yeah, Mark. And then they saying to add to that. Yeah, so you score. It's it's action shooting combined with running. You combine it when you stop to shoot. It's not just whatever squirrels you see on the trail. You're going to bays or areas that are set up with a range officer waiting for you there. And once you get there, they'll explain the course of fire, whether it's pistol, rifle, or both. You'll shoot those stages under time. They'll write down your time and your score if they score it for that stage. And then all of your scores will be totaled up. They'll be half your total points. And then your overall run time will be the other half. And so this is not only as quickly as you can get through the course, but also as quickly and accurately as you can do the shooting stages. And those combined give you the scores. This is a competitive event. Uh, and that is the overall scoring, I guess, or the objective of the, the game, right? Get the most score and the fastest run time. Yeah, that's, and um, so I'll add to that, um, some of them have obstacles, so think like, I guess, Tough mutter. you may have low crawls, uh, like walls you climb over, things you climb under, through, uh, various obstacles like that. Uh, you could find mind games in there some of them will have things on the trail that you need to you know be observant and see and that'll affect you later it's there's a big diversity when it comes to run and gun as to how how they're run so um there's that as well um how it's scored with that and it's just real quick it, that kind of varies um uh, here in the east most of them it's a 50 50 50 percent of your score is runtime. 50% of your score is your shooting ability, how you shot the stages. And uh, most of them, if you don't complete a stage, that's a DNF, and that would be like a zero. Some, you do get like a percentage of points on how, you know, how you shoot it. So does that sound about right, you guys? Anything you want to add? DNF meaning did not finish, and then the... Shooting stages, while they're like a USPSA or three gun, typically they're not scored by points. It's just as fast as you can neutralize all the targets. And so USPSA, it's points divided by time. Uh, this is just usually a lot of steel targets. You have to hit them all within a par time, and then your time becomes your score. And whoever the fastest on that stage is, it's 100 points, and then you divide everyone else's time by that person's time to get a percentage. That percentage is turned into points. And then those points are added up for each of your shooting stages. 
Yeah, so that's typically how it is. Like, there's no uh, one way that you'll see a run and gun. So you may see a lot of different varieties of that, but I, I think most of them would fall into something. Um, now we say, you know, run and gun, and the way that it would work for most of these events is you'll have a start time. So everyone gets there in the morning, you get your safety brief, um, and then you get assigned a start time. Sometimes you know ahead of time, sometimes you don't find out till the morning. Uh, some do shotgun starts, but generally a bunch of people will be going to leave out on the course at various times throughout the day. Um, so you're kind of spaced out, so you're not all hitting stages at the same time. Uh, occasionally you will hit those. You'll get what they call wait time. Most You'll have to bring like a stopwatch or something so you can hit watch, you know, your RO say start your wait time, and then that's subtracted from your run time. So you're not getting penalized for, for waiting. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to add to, you know, kind of how the, the day works with those? No, I think that's a pretty good premise. Yeah, I mean, do you want to walk through how it goes? I mean, we've kind of said it all sporadically. So you just want to lay it out like, all right, you show up, yeah, if you, like you said, <clears throat> and you get, a, you get a start time. Your start time, you show up at the start of the race, typically 15 to 10, 10 to 15 minutes before you actually start. And then they're going to let you go at, let's say, 10.05. Once 10.05 starts, that's when your run time starts. And you run to the first stage. If there's anybody in line ahead of you, that's where the wait time kicks in. If there's no wait time, the range officers will explain the stage to you. If it requires, or, you know, they'll tell you what guns you need, if you need to make them ready ahead of time, or if you make them ready on the clock, they'll say start. You know, they'll start with a beep or a buzzer. And then you'll shoot the stage. The ROs will score it if they're scoring. Otherwise, they'll just write down your time, and then you'll continue on running to the next stage. Some courses have land navigation in them, but for the most part, they're well marked by flags, uh, caution tape, spray paint, whatever it may be, hanging in trees, on posts, marked in the dirt. You'll run to the next stage. You'll shoot that to the next stage all the way around, usually in a circuit, until you get back to the end where you started. They'll write down your total time, and then your day is essentially done until the um, prizes or the award ceremony or whatever. Usually you don't have to reset stages. You don't have to go and work on any stage. Your, your day is pretty much contained to that race, and the race everybody's race is kind of staggered throughout the day. So I think that kind of gives you a more of an overall complete picture of what's going on. Does that make more sense? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And and as Mike said, Mark said, you're you're navigating through this. Um, most races, course laid out typically with um, some kind of colored ribbon or um, trail markers, you know, signs, things like that, to tell you to go through. And it may say, you know, go over this, go under this, go around. Sometimes there'll be obstacles out in the middle of nowhere, and um, you're expected to go over that on your own. There, the sport, there is a lot of um, trust in the competitor. You know, technically, you could go around that, and if no one's around to see you, n no one knows. Most people that shoot these sports are um, doing it to 
they're going to go over it. And if they can't go over it, they're just going to tell someone, hey, I didn't go over that. You know, don't give me the don't give me the credit for that or whatever, because a lot of times it's a penalty if you if you can't do a uh, an obstacle of some sort. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of the trust system in this sport just by the nature of it. But uh, that. that for challenging themselves, so it's not really a big issue. All right, so here's the question that most people listening to this are going to ask. What level of fitness is needed to do a run and gun? Because when you hear run and gun, the first word everyone hears is run. And I think as we all know, that's, most people are not running these races. So I don't, you want to kind of cover that, Mike? So let me catch you off quick, just to add to the trust thing. So there is a safety aspect involved in um, doing the trail the proper way. You know, depending on how this is set up, this may be over several hundred acres. And if you're wandering through the woods trying to get an advantage or, you know, thinking, oh, I'll just do a quick shortcut here, you could be wandering into the backstop area of a, another shooting range. And so it's not just, hey, we want you to do, to be honest for the sake of the race, we want you to be honest so that you don't do something stupid and, you know, run into a safety issue. For the most part, the shooting will be in bays, but sometimes it's natural terrain. And if you were trying to do something uh, less than ethical, you may pay for it more consequentially than just getting kicked out of the race. And so that's part of the reason why that trust is important. Good, so now, Mike, tell us about the run part. Tell us about your favorite part. Okay, so generally a baseline fitness where you could put on either some trail shoes or some hiking boots and do the distance of the race in a reasonable time frame. The elite athletes will go out and they'll throw down a smoking run or ruck or whatever class they're playing in time, but you don't have to necessarily be some sort of trail running god to have a really good time. You just need to be able to comfortably do it without dying and be safe. So I really think that most people that enjoy the shooting sports can go out and do their first running gun uh, 5K with just some basic prep walks and hikes, uh, just getting used to movement with their equipment. Yeah, I I would I would agree with that, and I want to reemphasize what Mike's saying. What you need to be able to do is figure out what kind of gear you'll have to carry, and we'll talk about gear a little bit later. But it's it's not a lot, you know, your magazines and guns for the course, and be able to finish a hike within a reasonable amount of time. You know, if it's, it takes you five hours, you know, that's that's not unheard of. If if you've got you know, it's just they want you to be able to finish before it gets too dark. So, um, but if it's just walking, there's quite a few people. There's a lot. You would be surprised. There's a lot of regular running gun competitors that don't a single mile of a running gun. They may walk fast at times, you know, a little bit faster, a little bit slower, depending on what's going on. But they are not actually running. You know, I would say out of the the, maybe the top 10 percent are running for a good chunk of the time and the rest of them are maybe doing a light jog downhill flats walking the uphill so don't don't get let the run scare you away anything 
add to that, Smart? No, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'd start off by saying I am one of those walkers. I never run at these stupid things. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess I have run a couple, but uh, baseline level of fitness, mostly, you know, it, it doesn't matter really what your time is. It matters that you're safe. Like we don't want to have somebody to go down up there and be in the middle of the woods and they're having a heart attack or something like that. You know, we, that's, that's more of the issue. Or, you know, if you have bad joints and you're going to need a gurney to be carried out of there, that would be a bigger issue. You, you can, if you can walk around like the Cincinnati zoo for a couple hours, you can probably handle a run and gun in terms of fitness. If you're just going to walk it, um, or any zoo, I don't know, you know, Cincinnati zoo has a little bit of hills. So it's kind of what I imagine, but yeah, it's not. And like Mike said, if you're going to be an extreme athlete, top of the pack, then you should be running or at least jogging. But you can finish just fine if you're walking at a decent pace and shooting well. And so that's kind of where I try to that's my my niche where I want to fit in with the slow walker, fast shooter. <laughs> but here, here we go. We get baseline this. So like my my 5K on a road is like 30 minutes, like 10 minute miles. And, you know, I Googled one time how fast you should do a 5K. And they're like, if you can't do a 5K in under 30 minutes, you got like physical health issues. And I'm like, I, I have physical health are, issues. Are I you sure that. about that? <laughs> so I'm saying like. Is this, you, is that time all downhill? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's. It's like if I have a car that's pacing me and I can stay drafting behind it, you know, that would be. <laughs> no, you don't have. Yeah, you don't have to be able to run a 5K at all. If you can walk a 5K with with elevation, because most of these places, there's some elevation, um, you'd be good. Right. So we'll go on. We're going to try to keep this going kind of quick. And um, but yeah, just you got to be able to safely and health, you know, safely make it through the, the course. And that that doesn't have to take a lot. Um, what gear is needed? This is another one that'll get people caught up. And uh, as someone who's been doing these with some of the gear, I can tell you it doesn't take a whole lot. If you have a, a safe holster for a pistol, meaning that it retains the gun without flying out when you do some movement, um, and a rifle with a sling, and you could have a backpack with everything else. I, I've done a couple running guns. I did have a competition belt, like with my pouches. But even if you didn't have that, you could put all your ammo in a backpack with a couple mags and shove you know, magazines you'll need on the stage in your pockets, and you could complete one of these just fine. And I've even loaded ammo from a backpack into mags if I didn't have enough mags for it. So... um the the gear requirements are pretty pretty small um as far as if you kind of want to show up and be slightly competitive like let's say you got pretty good fitness you've got um pretty good gun skills you know shooting skills um mike why don't because you're definitely more of the gear guy you've been getting me squared away on this why don't you kind of cover what maybe the more of the top athletes are probably going to be using gear wise So, generally, if you would take, like, a poll of the top 10% 
of the running gunners across the country that are really winning matches or or coming in and and ranking well. You would see, unless it was a class dependent, which we'll talk about that later. Uh, generally, like some sort of micro chess rig, think uh, Spiritus or Haley, um, some sort of gun belt with a good holster, whether it's a battle belt or a traditional uh, inner outer belt setup. You'll see um, uh, some sort of small lightweight camelback if they decide to do a water bladder instead of just like a bottle of water and uh, a decent two point sling or a biathlon sling. That's generally what you'll see in the nylon gear. Um, and then, like, lightweight trail, uh, like, hiking pants and trail shoes or, or hiking boots. Um, the one difference you'll see is if you'll go to a race that has weight classes, that they'll throw out, you need to have, like, rifle-rated armor or carry 25% of your body weight. Those are the ones where you'll see some guys doing like three-day salt packs or uh, plate carriers or things like that. But that's just uh, race and class dependent. And so while this is a little bit match dependent, uh, I'll say from the experience of the matches I've shot, would you say most of them you could do with three, four, maybe five, rifle mags and five to six at max pistol mags. I mean, most of them tend to fall in that round count range. Yeah. Yep. Um, especially if you're okay with, Hey, I'm going to walk. I don't mind, uh, loading some magazines on the trail. A lot of them, you could get away with two magazines for your rifle and maybe two, three for your pistol. I've gotten to the point now where, the match directors generally give you a hit count for the race, and that's how many hits are necessary for you to clear the course of fire. And then it's up to you to know how well you are at shooting the course of fire they're going to present. So I'll do maybe uh, one and a quarter or one and a half times what those hit counts are. Some guys know that with the guns they choose to carry that, you know, hey, if there's a a good chance at long range at this match and I'm running my iron sight AK SBR, then I probably need to bring two times the rounds required to make the hits. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you can easily do it with a few rifle mags and a few pistol mags. But I, I find that I'm normally running four to five rifle mags and four to six pistol mags, but I hate reloading mags on the trail. That's just a personal preference for me. It should be noted, too, that if you run out of ammo, that's on you. You're out of ammo. There's no resupply. There's no running back to your car. So generally, you want to carry more ammo than you think you need. And then you want to add a little on top of that because you'll be tired. You might have wet hands. You might have fogged up glasses. You know, your perfect USPSA day of pistol shooting is not going to be your day of run and gun pistol shooting generally. Um, sometimes you can do better than you expect, but for the most part, you always end up like, oh, did you guys have that one target behind the tree you just could not hit? Yeah, I dumped a whole mag on that. You know, it, it, you don't want to run out of ammo. 
because typically these the way these are scored, it's not just a penalty. It's you did not finish and you get a zero for that stage. And so if you miss the last two stages because you blew all your ammo on the first three, you're going to have a bad overall score. So an extra pound of ammo is kind of good insurance. You know, if you're if you think of like a mag as a pound of ammo, um, it's not going to slow you down that much. But oh, I would I would add to retention holsters are a very good idea. Um, anytime you're using slings, I think you should have a retention holster, whether it's three gun or US or uh, run and gun. Uh, but also, we're doing obstacles. You may be crawling. Uh, you're going to be running with a loaded gun. You want that gun to stay in the holster. Uh, so retention holsters, like uh, uh, Safari Land or something that's going to keep that gun in the holster. Not a Serpa. Don't buy a Serpa and shoot yourself in the leg. Um, but you know something that retains your pistol is what you're going to want as far as gear. Yeah, and let, so let me add that because I, I know holsters get expensive. And I love those and they're like 30 or 40 bucks or whatever. It, if you cannot afford something like a or the Blade Tech with the hood, um, Blackhawk make holster called Or if your gun has a Picatinny rail under, you know, on the bottom, like where you attach a light to it, the Omnivore they make a, that holster will fit almost any gun, and they got just a little plastic block that clips onto it that slides in there. It's got a thumb retention. If if you can't afford something else, and you're you know all you got is your USPSA. Uh, race holster that has you know barely any retention um, that may be something worth looking for looking into they also have them that work with flash your you know flashlights you may already own but at minimum it's like a $50 holster and it will get you through a match without your gun flying out so don't make any money off selling their stuff but it it's a pretty good holster and if someone buys one of those as opposed to like a Serpa and that you know, they'll shoot themselves in the foot with. They'll <laughs> that'll be better. So, uh, anything else you want to add to that, Mike? I would definitely recommend a two point or a biathlon sling. I've seen some guys come rolling through stages with one point slings, and they can cause a lot of issues out on the trail for, uh, especially us guys. I'll leave it at that. That's a good. That's a good point. They uh, they're really good for standing in one place and letting a gun dangle in front of you and any kind of movement. And they're not really quite so ideal. All right. So um, the next thing would be uh, I'm gonna skip right ahead. So how to prepare. So there's a couple of things I have here, and I guess I'll state those, and we can kind of expand on them. But um, the first would be safety, which is understanding under stress under a little bit of being tired and time constraint, how to safely handle your guns. So if you've never shot a USPSA three gun IDPA match, um, there's probably one around you. It's probably worth going to that and um, understanding how to handle a gun under the clock under a little bit of stress. Uh, running guns, 
that tend to be a little more rule loose safety wise with the gun handling, but you still can't point guns at people. You still have to be under control of your gun. So having done that before and not just under, you know, after you've run three quarters of a mile, a mile and you're huffing and puffing and you're tired, it's probably a good idea. Um, I, I guess that would be the first thing that I would recommend as far as training. And, uh, I don't know if you guys want to expand on that or add anything as far as kind of preparing to run one for the first time. I, I just want to touch on the, the rules thing. So running guns are absolutely safety oriented. And so when you say they're a little bit loose with the safety rules, they're not unsafe and they're not, Oh, you know, just don't worry. You just got one gun pointed at you. It's, it's, you know, it's not like that at all. What, what he means is things like at a USPSA match, if you take a gun out of your trunk of your car and put it in your holster, you're DQ. At a running gun, if it's unloaded, you can do that. Uh, that's like the only difference. When he says they're a little more loose, it's like that small of a difference. Everything else, if you're on the stage, if you're running and you have a pistol out, it's probably going to be the end of your day. Uh, so, I mean, maybe if you go to some, some ranges, they are actually, I don't know. I just don't think it's that much. Well, uh, so yeah, so I, I definitely don't want to give the idea that it's unsafe, um, because they're, they're definitely not. When I say a little more loose, as Mark's talking about like USPSA, there is like, everything is super strict. Everything is super written down with a run in guns. Um, some of them, uh, some of them you can run with a, a hot gun. That's something you can't do at a USPSA match. So yeah, there's there's certain things like that. I don't know. You got something? Else? Yeah. So and another thing you will see at a running gun is um, not only we have opportunities at many of them to run with a hot pistol, and so you need to be very confident in your abilities and your holster if you choose to do that they will not force you to run hot but they will give you that option understand if your skill level is there but they will not run chamber flags and rifles and the reason is open bolts invites sand mud and everything else debris wise that you might see at a running gun into your rifle so the normal procedure for that is when you approach a stage, the ROs will ask to see a clear and empty chamber. It was cleared at the beginning of the race. It was cleared at the last stage you were at. If something comes out when you open that chamber, that means you were fiddling with it on your run, and that's an instant DQ. You will shoot the stage. You will clear the gun again. They will verify it's clear before you leave the stage. Again, if you show up and you open that bolt, to show a clear and safe rifle at the next one and something comes out, that's on you. So very safety oriented, but at the same time, you're going to see a few things that you wouldn't see at your traditional three gun USPSA or two gun match. Yeah. And, and I'll add to that. What, what Mark, Mike was talking about, like, let's say that you pull the bolt back round gets caught in the chamber. You show the RO, the RO does not see that round in there. You know, it could be an empty case even, but, you know, it could be a round that just got caught. You pull it out. 
okays you, you put the bolt down, you run that next stage. If you pull that bolt back and a round flies out, even if that RO at that last stage said that your gun was clear and you both thought it was, but there was a round that popped out, that, that is on you. So, um, so they're checking your chamber. You also need to be understanding. So if you pull that bolt back and a round doesn't come out when you expected it to, better be getting a flashlight in there and making sure n nothing's caught in there. Not something that happens, but I just wanted to emphasize that like the condition of your gun is your responsibility, and you can't say, well, the RO said it was clear. As Mike said, you're you're done shooting for the day and um, stuff like that. I've seen it at three-gun matches when people have thought guns were clear and right, you know, caught ejectors, extractors broke and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. So the, the safety really, I think to reemphasize that, understanding how your guns work, understanding um, how to clear them, how to load them and unload them and, and all that really needs to, you need out if you're new to competition before you, you make it to a, a, a running gun. So one other thing to add to safety that's pretty unique to run and gun is uh, barrel obstructions. So one thing that's possible at a run and gun that's pretty atypical everywhere else is sticking the end of your barrel in the mud or in sand or in dirt or whatever. You know, you almost never run into that in three gun and for sure not in USPSA. Um, so that's one thing to be aware of. Some people carry cleaning rods or um, what is the kind that you got, Mike, that's like a flexible cable? It's still a cleaning rod, but uh, just options so that if you do stick your barrel in, the other, in mud, you can push that out before you pull the trigger. Because if you pull the trigger on a rifle with mud in the end of the barrel, you're going to have a bad day. Uh, so that's one kind of unique safety thing for running guns that's different from pretty much everything else. So I'd add to that. Some people don't carry cleaning rods. They like to gamble. Um, another thing is running like condoms or finger condoms um, from like manufacturing jobs where you get, you're doing stuff with your fingers all day. Like that on the end of the barrel to keep mud out. And then those you typically just shoot through um, on your first shot. Although some people won't do that either because um, it's a concern. But... That's one safety thing, I guess, that's kind of unique to run and gun. And uh, I guess the next thing I would add, and this is kind of a safety thing, but also this will help prepare you, is practicing with your kit. Whatever you decide to run when you go there, whether it's um, a backpack and your rifle slung and uh, you know your holster, or if you get yourself a chest rig or whatever it is, um, Practice at home with all, however many mags you're going to have, whatever, you know, how you're going to carry your rifle and slung, sling and unsling. Uh, you're going to find like, oh, hey, when I try to unsling, it wants to grab my gun and whip it out of the holster or it gets caught on this magazine and I can't get it unslung. Or when I go to shoulder this magazine and my chest rig is in the wrong place and I can't really get a natural shoulder. There's all kinds of little things that you'll find that. Um, some could easily turn into a safety issue on the clock if you're, if you've never tried it. And, and if you can go out to the range and, and shoot in that, or if you got a place that, you know, if you got a club you go to maybe run around your club with your gear on and, and see, you know, with your rifle and pistol unloaded and see, uh, 
you know, how, how everything works. I, I think you'd be well served to understand if, if you run 25 yards and pistols just flapping all around, smacking you in the side and like, that's going to get really old for, you know, four five, six miles into a race. Uh, you got, you got anything else to add to that? You guys, before we go into the next. Yeah, I'll just touch on that. And it kind of comes, it'll lead into another topic, but get out and train and use your stuff. Like even when it comes to, to, uh, testing like your clothes that you're going to wear. If you're doing a running gun and it's going to be August or September, you know, if you're not going to go to your local state park or metro park and hike in that clothing because it's too hot, then don't think you're going to show up to a running gun in heavy cry pants and a long sleeve, heavy cold weather combat top or BDU button up and think you're going to be okay. Understand that these running guns will take place. It doesn't matter if it's 110 degrees out west somewhere or if it's heartbreak in Kentucky and it's 15 degrees. It doesn't matter if it's pouring rain or beating sun. You have to be dressed and ready to be out there. So make sure your body is able to acclimate to that weather and those temperatures and dress appropriately for it. Yep, and as Mike said, especially when it's cold, really know if you if you're doing one in the cold, like what layers do I need to get through this safely? And um, like if you start off the race warm, you're probably gonna end up sweating before too long, which is you know almost as bad as being too cold. You know, being underdressed. So um, get out and whatever similarish weather you think you can find and 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 try that so i mean there's a thousand ways to prepare the best way is to just go to one and run it and figure out exactly what where you need to work on for next time but i'd say that's probably a pretty good general breakdown of um you know some things to work on and think about before you go so one so, thing to add to that, that going out and training with your gear, just an anecdotal story. I was, I don't even know which one we were training for, but I went to my gun range and got all my kit on and was running up and down the gun range. And I had slung my rifle, so two-point sling. I'd thrown it over my shoulder, so now it's muzzled down and running back and forth, running back and forth. And I get done and I'm ready to shoot and I don't even know if I noticed it looking through the scope but my Trigicon MRO was face down you know at an angle on my back against the extended base pad in my pistol and the objective lens was just banging on that all day like the whole time I was running and put nice little scratches all the way across it uh, and so perfect example why you get out with your gear and see what works what doesn't work um going back to putting on and off slings uh, i've seen people get everything ready and then throw their backpack on over top of their sling and they try and take it off and then they're they're in their backpack and oh i gotta take my backpack off and then they so yeah it's just get out and actually try even it surprises me so this is 
one second off topic in three gun if you go to a three gun match where you tell people like hey you need to have a sling and you know it's like oh okay i got it and they get there and like so how would i put this on like you own this you should have used like what just try it at home in your bedroom you know like what or your garage whatever you got to do like it's it's not a complicated thing but that first time people put it on and use it under the clock it's just like what do i do with this stuff so yeah definitely try out your gear it will probably be an eye opener for you all right so the last topic i have here and we're right at 36 minutes so i think we're making pretty good time is where can i find a running gun so this may be a little bit harder and it, i guess it probably depends on at what point you're listening to this episode um practice score you may be able to find them on there um YouTube or um, uh, one of my Facebook, there's a pretty good run and gun uh, boards around. Um, what's the run and gun? RNG discussions is a is a Facebook group. But um, I probably just finding people that other people that do this and asking around because um, it, it's like a sports. It's not well advertised outside of. Um, you know, the people that do it. So I don't, do you guys have any more advice for how to find? Yeah, it's a relatively small community. So join the uh, Facebook group. You can find uh, one of the guys that travels a lot and does them named Jimmy. Posts a lot of videos on YouTube for you to kind of get an idea of what they look like. Disclaimer. They're not family friendly, but they are hilarious. And uh, so you can watch those and it'll kind of, he documents so many that you'll get an idea for these yearly ones when they're taking place in some of those locations. But it, you just got to come out and have fun. If you hear of one, don't dally. Sign up the moment it goes live. These running guns normally can take between uh, maybe 75 to 200 athletes on a weekend, depending on the match. And most of these matches are selling out in less than five minutes. So let's just list the ones we can think of off the top of our head. So some of the OGs, the originals, were in Oklahoma. So Pecos is one. Uh, what's the other one in Oklahoma? There's two in Oklahoma. Texas has a number of them. There's Waco Tactical Fitness. And then there's, what's the one way out in Western Texas? Uh, there's one out in Western Texas uh, that I can't think of now. It used to be Rock Castle in Kentucky had them, but they're gone now. So Lexington, Kentucky at Blue Bluegrass Sportsman's Club. Uh, there is kind of related, we don't, typically consider it quite the same but out in wyoming and utah they do like sniper challenge that are technically run and gun these are both pistol rifle and you're on the time yeah that's a, that's yeah that's yeah there's not so much running though that's definitely a different animal that i'd, I'd like to try but um yeah i i can i know we can speak for like east of the mississippi now it's it's pretty much heartbreak which is in uh, February, which uh, that one sold out in a minute or something, five minutes, something like that this year. And um, 
the Legion match is uh, September. I'm fairly certain that that will be, it used to be at Rock Castle. It's now been at Dead Zero last year, and um fairly positive that's happening again at Dead Zero this year. And, um, you know, there's some newer matches that are kind of popping up here and there. What was the one you ran last year, Mike, in Kentucky? So, Guardian, uh, Elk Creek Hunt Club. I'm not sure if they're going to do another one this year or not. I haven't heard anything. Um, also, uh, Ellis Dom has been running some down in the Carolinas, I believe. And I, I think he's already done maybe one this year and maybe one in December. He, he's cranking them out. And Is that the gun, gun run or something like that? Yeah, the yeah. gun run. Gun I run. Make it to one of those at some point because yeah. they look like they're a lot of fun. Oh, and I, we almost forgot out at uh, Lead Farm in Missouri. Um, they do quite a few. The Logan Bills, Matt, does um, a couple of those a year. So a lot of these, if you look at these clubs we've mentioned, these ranges, look look on their calendars. That's that's probably a good way to to find these. Like that's the Lead Farm. So, you know, check the Lead Farms calendar because they do a night match every year and a couple during the day. And um, I think down there and um, I think there's one towards um, North or South Carolina or whatever that does a night match as well, like a night run and gun. Mm-hmm. So, so we're, oh, yeah. I was going to say Minnesota used to do a trekker. That was uh, another kind of run and gun. But instead of being a 5K it was a circuit that you did as many laps as you could and scored points on it. Also, what's Wolverine? Is that in Michigan? That is, and that's, yeah, Wolverine, that's, we're actually doing that one this year. And I, that's a team match, and that's less, that's, that's kind of more like those sniper matches. So you're doing land nav, and I, if you like running guns, I think that's probably another kind of thing you would like. But I, I think just by nature of the way they run it, there's a rucking part. And then there's a shooting part stages separate. So they're not all continuous like a run and gun. I think that's kind of the big, big difference with the run and gun. Uh, since we're here at 42 minutes, let's kind of close wait, this up. Wait, wait, um, wait. Dude, we, get, we can't forget I was, Cola Warrior. What about uh, Cola Warrior? <laughs> now that's the, the pinnacle. Only the purest of athletes can handle Cola How? Warrior. There are so many running gunners that are, and if any running gunners listening to this, they just groan because uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I want to do one, but um, yeah, running gunners don't usually like the Cola Warrior thing. Um, but what I was going to say is if each of you guys want to kind of give your last parting thoughts on uh, running gun, if you want to start, Mike. So for me, it really facilitated me getting back into fitness and i've really enjoyed it Uh, i've had a lot of fun dragging uh, like ryan out to do different hikes and runs and uh, it's just great motivation to enjoy the outdoors um kind of the last thing i'll leave you with is if it's your first time doing this or anything like this good uh like lightweight wool boot socks are a must for a running gun. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. And I do not recommend waterproof shoes or boots. They will often have you wading through creeks and ponds, or I've run in torrential downpour. 
and so you want shoes that are going to drain any water out that gets in them and the wool socks will protect your feet even if they're sopping wet so dress for, for success folks also don't cross any streams with a rifle sling around your neck that's kind of my final thoughts All right, you ready for mine? My final thoughts, same as Mike. Uh, I did it to get into, get back into some level of fitness. It clearly we're not getting there yet, but uh, some I hate running, and uh, it gives me a reason to get out and train. And then the community is, if I started because I wanted to get into fitness, the community is what keeps me going in it because everyone's so encouraging, so helpful. Uh, great friends for life that you'll meet doing it. You know, it's a small community, so you know everybody at all these events. Uh, and and it's not the inclusive, like, who's that new guy? We don't like him in our club. It's, come on, you're part of the family now, kind of a group. So uh, that's the part that's kept me going in it, and it's a lot of fun. So that's why I keep doing it. Um, and it's not so much a gear race, like three gun. You know, you're not constantly trying to buy the new thing or get the whatever. It's like, you need to go out, hit the pavement, get your jogging in, do your dry fire, and then you get to hang out with your friends a couple times a year. So that's my final thought. Yep. That's, that's all really accurate. Uh, I'll, I'll say to the kind of gear race, the one thing that I really enjoy about this sport is that there are quite a few people. Sure. I would imagine while there are a handful of people at every match who are trying to be the fastest, the majority of these people out there are just trying to challenge themselves. That's why you get uh, these divisions where like people are wearing plates and like loading backpacks up and stuff like that. I mean, I know guys that could be way, way more competitive, could be really, really competitive, but they decide like, no, I want to see how much I can fit in this backpack and take out here and finish the course in like with this or with like this certain gun, you know, I mean, they'll go out there with a gun. That's not, I mean, all that adequate for the match because it's like, man, I want to shake this gun out. I want to see how it works. Or I just want to see if I can do a running gun with, you know, uh, M one grand or whatever it is, you know, there's, there's, there's so many more people that are really in the sport to challenge themselves and not the, the, like I'm racing to be the fastest guy out there. So I, I think that that kind of attitude is, um, you know, there's, I, I love like three gun and there's a lot of good people in three gun and you know, you, you really won't run across many that I don't care for, but the running gun is just so much different. It's just, it really is the guys that are challenging themselves. And, um, so that's, I think that's neat. You know, that's, that's a pretty cool part of the, the sport. So, uh, we kept this one a little bit shorter for you guys. So let us know what you think of it. And, uh, thanks for listening. So bye.